I really enjoy the consistency that comes with working for the same brand. I enjoy taking on new challenges within that, uh, those constraints, I suppose. And I like improving on things. So unlike at an agency, and an agency doesn't have to be big, it could be like a smaller studio as well, I suppose. But still with those, generally, you'll take on a project and complete it and then sort of hand it over to the client. Whereas for me, I get to then look at how my work is performing and make improvements on that. And I really enjoy that side of it. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke. And I'm Charlie. Today we're going to be talking about the different areas of design you can go into. That might sound vague, so let me clarify a bit more. To us, the three versions of design you can go into after you finish studying or when you're ready to enter the workforce is in-house design, where you're the designer based inside a company, usually on, you know, a, maybe the marketing team or the product team, helping with that one brand, that one product. There's agency, where obviously you work at an agency and clients come on board and hire the agency to do the work and you're one of the people who works on it. And then there's freelance, which is where you have the clients yourself. And you're a lone wolf that you're doing it yourself. Oh, that sounds so lonely. <laughs> well, you're a lone wolf, aren't you? A little bit femme. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's it's nice though. Like I, I quite like being freelance because it gives you a bit of independence and a bit of flexibility. You know, you can kind of set your own rules, I guess, a little bit more. So it's a lone wolf, but, but in a good way. It comes with a lot of benefits. Yeah, there's nothing bad with being a lone wolf. It means that you answer to yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, that is, we're going to dive into that more in this in this episode, and it sounds like freelance is definitely already your favourite of those three, Femme, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. First though, a little catch up, how has your week been? I know you've been travelling. Yeah, it's been a bit of a somersault week. I just got back last night from my sort of 10-day summer travel adventure. Uh, I ended up in Paris, and then Oslo, and then down in Annecy, so it's been a whirlwind of the last week and a half really like I think in hindsight I probably could have tried to prepare a little bit better to make sure my my work sort of kept ticking over like it like it should do but you know I had a really great time I went hiking I got to spend time outdoors eating French food exploring a little bit of Oslo so all in all it was it was a good time. That sounds amazing I'm pretty jealous. (laughs) I think it's good you know to to let yourself have a break now and then and for me the the best way that I can do that is spending time outdoors so I really had a good time hiking in the mountains and having a bit of a change of scenery because for those who don't know Holland is probably the flattest country ever Uh, so it was it was really nice to be outside and enjoy the warmth but what about you? I've had I don't know i I'm trying to remember what I've even been doing for the past week. It feels like it's been just really busy, but I don't have much to show for it. You know, one of those things. Mm-hmm. There's been a few youtube events on that I've been uh, attending. So that's been cool, you know, making new connections, hanging out with new and old friends. But yeah, side projects still ticking along as, as per usual. I've had a few things come onto my plate that I can't really talk about yet uh, Ooh, publicly. Secrets. Yeah, unfortunately. I don't like having secrets. I'm terrible at keeping them. I've already told all of my friends. 
well, I mean, when they're my own secrets, let me just clarify that. I'm not going to tell other people's. <laughs> but yeah, I hope I can talk about them in a future episode. Uh, yeah, because that, that will give some more clarity as to why my life's been so a bit hectic recently. You know, just uh, unexpected things coming along and they're great opportunities. But yeah, they weren't in the plan. So it's meant shuffling other things around. Yeah, exactly. What about your monthly album cover? Is there another one coming out soon? Well, do you know what? I got halfway through one and then this a couple of opportunities came up. So I'm not sure if I'm going to make it this mm, month. I see. But I'm not too upset about that because, I don't know, these other things are worth not doing it, you know. But it'll be out uh, like early in September instead. So it won't, it won't be too far off. Uh, I'm still very much excited about the project and wanting to keep going. But, you know, can't do it all. Yeah, sometimes opportunities come along that are just too good to pass up, right? So Yeah, and you kind of have to push everything to the wayside. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, though. I'm looking forward to hearing what your secret side projects are. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about them, too. <laughs> so, on to our main topic of today. You've already talked a bit about how you quite like freelance work and how that really suits you. I don't know, the way I described them, how would you describe the differences between the three? Like, what types of people do you think suit each one? Oh, I've never thought it in terms of, like, personality-wise or what type of people get attracted to. Do you, well, maybe that's a question in itself. Do you think that it depends on your personality, which one of these you go for? Because it is a hard decision, right? Yeah, I think it probably does. Like, if I think of a freelancer, I think of somebody that is very independent very confident, you know, good with sticking and playing by their own rules and committing to things and has that sort of self-motivation and self-drive because you're not going to have a boss, you know, telling you to get off the couch, right? So it's really a lot up to your own determination. And then I guess if I think of an agency designer, then I think of someone who I guess really enjoys working in big teams and on, on client projects that have you know, potentially multi-million dollar budgets, huge projects that probably are very international. And then an in-house designer, I guess, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like the personality of someone who is an in-house designer. I guess it's somebody that maybe likes working with a little bit of a smaller team and maybe working alongside like a marketing or a product team, like you said. And yeah, personality-wise, I don't know, maybe they just enjoy comfort I guess a little bit more and and enjoy being really attached to a to a specific brand you know because if you're an in-house designer you kind of grow a bit of an attachment to that brand or the company that you're working for because you know obviously that's the brand that you're working with every day so I guess it has to be someone that can get really passionate about a specific thing and maintain that passion or excitement for that thing over time. This is so interesting to listen to because I feel like with in-house designer one, I'm listening to you describe me. <laughs> you know, I'm like, ooh, how would Femme describe me? Because oh I'm an in-house designer. Yeah. Well, do you think that's right? Yeah, I think it is actually. I really enjoy the consistency that comes with working for the same brand. I enjoy taking on new challenges within that uh, those constraints, I suppose. And I like improving on things. So unlike at an agency and an agency doesn't have to be big it could be like a smaller studio as well I suppose but still with those generally you'll take on a project and complete it and then sort of hand it over to the client whereas for me 
I get to then look at how my work is performing and make improvements on that. And I really enjoy that side of it. You know, it's like the project never ends because you're constantly refining and improving it based on, I guess, like the data that you get back, right? Yeah, I like the sense of ownership you can feel over it as well, especially in my job. You know, if I see something that's not designed how it should be, I can be like, hey, I need to work on this and I need to fix this, you know, whereas that's not quite the case at a studio because you've got to think about the scope and, you know, what's what you've signed on to do with with the client. So, yeah, I personally really enjoy that freedom. I'm, I'm wondering... Did you choose freelance or did freelance choose you? <laughs> oh, such a good question. I'm trying to think back to my first client project and I'm pretty sure that they approached me after seeing me post lettering on Instagram. That's right. I think you've talked about that before. I remember that. I think I have. Yeah. So I guess because of that, freelance kind of chose me maybe. But then I mean, also, it's my choice to continue pursuing it, right? So yes, the client, like my first client did approach me, but I, I guess then saw a potential opportunity and kind of made the most of that and continued. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's like, you had a freelance opportunity presented to you and from completing that opportunity, you discovered that it really suited you. Yeah, I guess so. Would you say the same about you? Yeah, that was sort of the same for me in in-house. The first job I happened to get, because I noticed there was a listing for a part-time role as a graphic designer within a company in my last year of university. And I thought, you know, what, I'm going to go for it. I've only got one like paper on this semester so I can devote a lot more time to this job than other students could who are doing more. Uh, So I went for it and it turned out to be an in-house position and I just really liked the atmosphere of it and the idea of working for the same brand and getting to improve on things and yeah, feeling that ownership. It's not something that I ever really knew existed from design school. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Like it's not in-house design isn't something that they really talked about. Yeah. I feel like in my classes when you know, your career opportunities was discussed. It was mostly talked about working at agencies or studios, perhaps a little bit of freelance, but not really. It was always talked about in terms of like a client designer relationship. Like there's always going to be a client. You're going to get a brief, but it doesn't really always work so rigorously when you're in-house. Yeah. I mean, there is still a client, but also technically... I am the client also because I work for the company and, you know, my livelihood is dependent on the company doing well. So I obviously have uh, a stake in the outcome as well, you know. So is that a conscious choice at the time for you to find a job that was in-house or were you just kind of shopping around and that's the one that sort of happened to fall into your lap? I I don't think I even really understood what an in-house designer was when I got the job, to be honest, because like I said, it wasn't really talked about. It was mostly agencies and studios Mm -hmm. that was discussed in design school. But I just saw an opportunity for a graphic designer and that's what I was going for. And it just so happened to be a position within a company. And yeah, I discovered I really liked it. And I've stuck with in-house ever since. Did you find while you're at design school, I guess maybe not because you didn't really know what in-house was, but When I was at design school, there was sort of a little bit of stigmatism around being an in-house designer and it was sort of seen as cooler to go and work at some like high top agency. Yeah, I did feel that only because in-house wasn't really discussed. So 
all the top design jobs they were talking about were the big agencies, you know, or landing the big clients and landing multiple big clients. So, but I don't know, it didn't really bother me so much. Like, I don't really care what other people are interested in. I only care what I enjoy doing. And yeah, this is what I enjoy doing. And so once you started that job as an in-house designer, do you think that kind of opened your eyes a bit to like, oh, I actually kind of enjoy this. And then from then on, did you actively pursue being in-house? Yeah, I think I did because I knew that it suited me. I'm, I would kind of, I don't know, kind of be interested to try out a smaller studio, but like in your description of these three terms, I really suit being on a smaller team and I really suit being able to take ownership of stuff. And I just don't think it'd be as easy to get that at an agency or a studio as it is with in-house. Yeah. So I think for now, I'm like, if I was to change jobs again, I would look for another in-house opportunity because I really do enjoy it that much. How about you? Would you ever be tempted to try out an agency? I don't know. Like, I keep hearing a lot of really sweeping generalizations about agency life. And and I'm in no way saying that they're true because I've never worked at an agency. But I always hear things about how, like, you always have to work overtime and you don't get paid and it's really stressful and there's a lot of pressure and the hours are really long and it's all about what the client wants and blah blah like I don't know if that's true but it's what I always hear about agency life so I've never really been that I guess attracted to it like I'm like you I quite like the the perks of being in-house and getting ownership and really being able to you know work with a brand that you're familiar with and confident with and push it further I find that a good challenge so I don't know but may- maybe maybe one day I think that perhaps even though a studio kind of works like an agency in, in that you bring on clients you know and you're always looking for the next client and moving around on projects you know you're not not like in-house where you're going to work on the one thing the whole year for example I think that a smaller studio might feel more like a collection of freelancers than it does an agency. Yeah, I think that's what I'd be more into than like yeah, one of the big name agencies, like an international agency or whatever, you know? Like I think I would be much better suited in like a small like 10 to 15 kind of studio style thing than like a 500 people in one office situation. <laughs> yeah, totally. That makes sense. We asked our audience where they work like what do they do we ran a poll on twitter and the results were kind of interesting i thought nine percent said they worked at an agency or studio which i thought was a pretty low number i don't know i guess i just assumed that most designers are at agencies or studios but perhaps it's just our listeners maybe they're more independent because 50 percent of them said they did freelance which was interesting yeah i do find this really interesting and actually kind of valuable to know about who's actually listening to our podcast as an aside Uh, but then yeah 41% said in-house and I don't know if it's just me but when I think in-house I do often think immediately to tech and it's probably very wrong because like the role that you had wasn't necessarily tech in your first job yeah true so but I always just like immediately jump to tech and I don't know why I do that but I do think it's pretty interesting that the majority of our listeners are freelance and I guess in a way that kind of makes sense based on the topics that we talk about on the show so it's kind of nice to actually see that in stats I guess yeah like you were talking about you know they're the hustlers they're 
uh, going after their own goals and working for themselves. And I think a lot of the topics we talk about can appeal to that. So yeah, it's good to know. I wonder, I worry that some people in this poll though, confused in-house for working at home. (laughs) Oh, maybe. Maybe. So I don't know. We might have some skewed results there, but I think that's because in-house isn't really as talked about as, as the other two in this trio. I don't know. Not not under that like term, I guess. But then I don't know what other term it is talked about, so Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess I just see people saying like I'm a designer at Spotify, you know? It's yeah. it's not like I'm an in-house designer. I don't know. Yeah, how how would you like introduce yourself to somebody? Yeah, I I suppose you're right. I would say I'm a marketing designer at Edited and then I'd explain that it's, you know, a software company used by the fashion industry. And I wouldn't really say I, I guess I would only say in-house if I was talking to another designer. I would. It's not a term I would use to tell, you know, the, the average person on the street what I do because I wouldn't assume that they knew what I was talking yeah. about. So to continue this discussion with our listeners, we want to talk to them more about, you know, the setting that they work in and what they think of it because obviously, Femme, me and you are just two people and this is a really personal thing. You know, like we talked about, it's to do with your different personality types, which one suits you best, so... They'll be interested to hear. Uh, Maria said that for the last year and a half, she's worked in-house, but she's starting a new job next week working in an agency, which is going to be interesting. And she says, whilst I've enjoyed getting to have my fingerprints all over a brand, I missed learning more and being around other creatives. Mm. So it sounds like the in-house job wasn't challenging enough for Maria. Like, I don't know, perhaps things weren't innovative enough there and they weren't as willing to take risks as an agency might be, which is definitely can be a downfall of an in-house job. That's the reason I sort of left my first in-house job is because I wasn't on a team of designers. Right. It was just me for most of it. Someone else had joined near the end, but um, yeah, for the most part, it was just me. And there was a lot of firefighting. It can often happen in-house. That's and as much as I love it, that is one of the cons mm-hmm. that you end up being very reactive to things. You know, this person needs this, this person needs this. And if you want things to be on brand, you've got to be the one to do it. Yeah. I guess agencies probably usually have more money to play with in a way in terms of like more money to spend on design. And so because of that, I guess they can probably take on bigger challenges and bigger opportunities. So if that's something that I guess you're lacking in your current in-house job, then, yeah, probably a good opportunity to take up for a while. Paul says that he has 20-plus years as an in-house designer and he likes that it has job security, a steady paycheck, a regular schedule, health benefits, teamwork and relationships. Yeah, interesting. I Personally, I don't see those things as being specific to an in-house designer. Like, I think you could still get some of those things working at an agency. Would you agree? Yeah, I think I would. Although, I don't know, maybe the health benefits would be lacking because you're often very stressed and working hard. Yeah, Yeah. maybe. But again, that might be a sweeping generalisation that we don't actually know is true of agencies, but it does line up with what I've heard. I think the underlying message of Paul's tweet here is that he enjoys it. You know, he's found a nice consistent balance and it works really well for him and he's comfortable and having a good time. So I think at the end of the day, that's probably what's most important, right? It's just enjoying your work. Yeah, definitely. I think that being an in-house designer really suits me because I do have so much going on outside of work. Uh, 
you know, so I like the steadiness and I like that there's some, some consistency in what I do. Like, yes, every single day I go into work and there is something new to deal with in my inbox, but I know it's going to be for the same brand. You know, I know the brand really well. So I've got that starting point already. I'm not beginning from scratch every time I have to start a new project. You know, I'm not having to get to know a new brand, for example. So I really like that. Yeah, that's nice. I think if I worked at an agency and pursued my own freelance on the side, I think it would just be a bit too overwhelming dealing with clients like 24-7. Yeah, true. So I quite like the breakup of, you know, doing some in-house stuff during the day and then having my own client work on the side kind of gives me a nice balance of both of them. Best of both worlds, I guess you could say. Yeah. So um, Nairi, I think that's how you say your name, had an interesting response when we asked, like, which of these three did you choose, you know, for your, to focus your career on? And she said, choosing is an interesting word. Sometimes we don't have much choice because of the lack of ideal opportunities. I thought this would be a good thing to talk about. I asked her if perhaps she felt like she didn't get to choose what suited her best. Maybe there was, you know, limited opportunities when she was going after jobs. And she said it may be that someone has the experience, but the country or city doesn't have the opportunities like New Zealand compared to London. That's interesting, right? That opportunities, I don't know, in my experience, the opportunities were fairly similar in New Zealand to London. Uh, obviously, the companies vary greatly and there are more jobs technically here, but I think there are the same types of opportunities. I don't know, perhaps if you're going after a a big agency living in a bigger place is obviously there's going to be more chance of that because that's where the big agencies are you know you have to go where where the thing is yeah I don't know I mean I I can't really speak on experience of this but I have a couple of friends here in Amsterdam who they are Kiwi so they're from New Zealand and they moved here and work at an agency and They've just mostly remarked on how the clients here have bigger budgets compared to New Zealand. So based on that, there's more money to play with. So they get to experiment a bit more and they get to play with a bit more advanced tech compared to what they would do for clients in New Zealand. Cool. So those kind of opportunities, they say, are, you know, really fun and really valuable to learn and then potentially, you know, take those skills back to New Zealand, I think, is their plan. Yeah, interesting. I guess there's always going to be differences in whatever market you're working in. Yeah. But I, I think that there's still opportunities out there if you want to look for them or make them for yourself. I don't know. Like I said, uh, if it's a big agency that you're going after, that's obviously going to be difficult. You can't really do that yourself unless you've got millions of dollars to set up one. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe in this case, like I do agree that sometimes the opportunities in New Zealand are limited, but I think you could also open yourself up to remote work too. Like maybe you could get a job as an in-house designer for a, an overseas company or something like that. So, you know, I, I, in this day and age, I don't think you're quite as limited to your location as you were like even three years ago. That's a really good point. And Nari actually added on that it's not necessarily just in-house versus studio. There's also remote work. And isn't it a funny concept to think that you could be doing in-house but working remotely? I think that's a funny. That is kind of, of funny. Yeah. <laughs> but it's getting more and more popular. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's what you do, right? You're an in-house designer and marketing communications person, but you work remotely. Yeah, it can be done. <laughs> Alex said, I've only worked in-house as the only designer and freelance. I would love to experience a small agency. I went back and asked Alex what would appeal about working at a small agency. 
and Alex replied saying, working with other creative thinkers, having people to bounce ideas off of, and working on larger scale projects. Those are definitely all very appealing things. And again, why I've left in-house jobs in the past is because I didn't have people around me to bounce ideas off. I think it's really important to work with other designers. And that's what I worry about with doing freelance full-time and why I think if I did that, I would need like a group like you have, right? Your little mastermind group where you guys meet up and can discuss projects. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you learn, right? Is to be surrounded by other designers and get their feedback and ideas and see how they're working. Yeah, totally. I think that is really important, no matter whether you are a freelancer working in an agency or in-house, having someone to be able to bounce ideas off and maybe work creatively together occasionally. Like, you know, sometimes for my projects, I might work with a different designer from a different discipline on the same project, you know, like you might collaborate together. I think that's really important to do now and then to sort of keep you grounded and, you know, keep you stimulated, I guess, like keep you excited about what you're working on and have other people's opinions on what the work is as well yeah totally and you can get that with in-house uh, when I worked at zero for example we had quite a large design team by you know in-house standards I suppose but it was still small enough that you could know everybody and you could easily talk to anyone about their work which I really enjoyed I guess there's a nice balance somewhere right of not being too big but also not being too small yeah, hitting that sweet spot. Right now I've got uh, yeah another designer slash developer that I work with and that's really great because we can always just bounce ideas off of each other. I think that is really important to have that at an in-house job because like, uh, who was it? Maria talked about that if you don't have that, you can miss out on learning as much and it's important to keep pushing forward and keep challenging yourself. So... If there's a design student listening to this who maybe isn't sure about, you know, which of the three they'd like to pursue, how would you sort of recommend they go about deciding or or finding and discovering which one is kind of best for them? I think that you'll know from hearing how we've described it and how our listeners have talked about their experiences working in these different fields. I think you'll, you'll be drawn to one in particular that you think might suit you best. I think there'll be one where you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. That that probably sounds like it's something that I could do. Like, I know myself personally, I know flat out that a big agency life is not for me because I'm not interested in that. So I think that, I don't know, if you are interested in that, then you will know. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess it a little bit of it comes down to like what you're naturally drawn to as well. Like if yeah. freelancing just sounds like too difficult and sounds like not for you, then don't pursue it, you know. But if you're maybe attracted to agency or in-house sort of naturally pulled that way, like maybe you like the consistency of working with the same brand all the time, then in-house could be the potential avenue for you. I would say too, to try things out. And don't be afraid to try something. And if it's not for you, change tracks. That's perfectly okay. Uh, We've talked about before how I started in print design, doing graphics, and then wanted to change to web. And so I worked out how to do that. You know, it took a bit of extra effort in my portfolio and making sure I had the right projects to appeal to, you know, someone hiring for a web designer. But it is possible to change. So don't feel like it's this big, scary decision that you have to make and then commit to for the rest of your whole career, you know. Yeah, I think quite often we assume that the sort of 
discovery phase of like who who am I as a designer and what do I like what do I don't like what are my strengths etc I think we always kind of assume that that happens during design school and then ends like you graduate design school you know being confident with your style knowing who you are knowing exactly what you want and the type of projects you want to work on and what kind of designer you want to be but I don't know if that's the case. I think that discovery period lasts for a couple years after. So I totally agree in terms of don't be afraid to try different things out. And I mean, yeah, while an agency or in-house job might require you to commit a little bit, you know, you're never tied to something for the rest of your life. So just keep exploring. If you're not happy and comfortable, then try something new. Yeah, totally. And I think that the discovery phase does, I don't know, I feel like for me, it's going to keep going for the whole rest of my career. Like I'm constantly making sure this is still like the right situation for me to be in. Like lately, I've been trying to pick up some more freelance work. And that's not something I'd really been interested in before. Because like you just said before, that all that just sounded really scary and difficult to be like running a business alongside doing the actual design work. But lately, I've been getting more interested in that. And it's never too late, you know, to start picking things up. And you're never bound to what you decide either, right? Like, yeah. who knows, in five years' time, maybe you decide to go and work at an agency, and that's totally cool. Yeah, and then they'll have this podcast to point to and be like, are you <laughs> sure you want to be here because you said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Don't Don't feel like you're too committed to any of these options. Just go with whatever feels best for you at the time. Think about the way that you like working now like do you like being surrounded by your peers when you're working on your university projects or do you prefer to work by yourself perhaps one maybe then and do are you quite a self-starter do you really like being organized maybe freelance is going to be good for you if you enjoy that challenge good advice I think you can always change you know so my advice would just be to try the one that sort of pulls to you the most or attracts you the most And if you find you don't like it, then you can always change. Nothing's permanent. Yeah, exactly. So don't be too scared. (laughs) Good chat. I'd love to continue this on Twitter and hear more about, you know, the types of designs our listeners do and how they chose it or how it chose them, perhaps, in, in our case. It'd be really interesting. So reach out to us. We are at DesignLifeFM on Twitter. We'd love to chat. You can also find the show on iTunes, just search Design Life, or you can head to our website, which is designlife.fm, and there you'll see all of our past episodes, and you can also sign up there for our newsletter. Occasionally we do small little giveaways, and you'll get a newsletter every week with the show notes of the latest episode. And if you want to find links to anything we've mentioned in this episode, it'll be at designlife.fm slash episode 39. Cool, looking forward to next week already. Yep. Chat to you then. See you, Charlie. Bye.